0: This is Old Man Rolling Dice!
1: Hey, this is DM Jeremy. This is Old Men Rolling Dice. I'm here with my co-host, Jiminy Jason. And we are doing episode 50 of the podcast, which we're really excited about. Today's going to be sort of a review, a reflection, and we're going to talk about things that we really like from our first it's been three years. We only have two, two seasons, but we've actually been doing this for three years. We had a bit of a break
0: in the middle, and uh, we're going to talk about maybe some things to come. Yeah, it's true, though. I mean, it's one of those things when you sit back and look at a project like this that you've been working on for a while and realize how long you've been working at it and start looking back at some of the hidden and not so much hidden gems in the past. It, uh, there's a sense of satisfaction. So, yep. And we just want to take a quick second and say thanks to everybody out there that takes the time to listen to us or subscribes or uploads a podcast, or even um, somebody pops onto Instagram and likes one of our quirky photos and leaves a comment, we love hearing from you guys. It's actually a huge part of why we do this. Community building and sort of sharing some hobby love is really big for us. And I think we would love if somebody leaves a comment, leaves us a rating, gives us a follower, or even, you know what, tell a friend. You know, let us, let us know, uh, let other people know we're out there. And if you know somebody you think we should probably be talking to, let us know. We would love to hear from more people.
1: If you're finding us on, whether it be iTunes, whether it be Spotify, whether it be
0: Google, leave us a
1: review, good or bad.
0: If you don't like us, tell us <laughs> you don't like us. But as long as you tell us nicely and explain why, <laughs> I think that at least we can build on that. Let me grow from your hate <laughs> yeah. of, our, uh, of our chats.
1: We talk with a lot of people on Instagram.
0: We've met some really great people. Not even just other gamers, like content creators, some artists lately. I've seen some fantastic maps and some fantastic independent artwork. This year we had about
1: three collaborations. All of them started on Instagram.
0: That's true. That's true. We reached out to or we were contacted through Instagram. Yeah. And every one of those collaborations was fantastic. Yeah, lots of fun. I do like to meet new people, especially
1: when they have a shared love of like things like gaming
0: and yeah that common thread already exists i am more of an introvert and this is a little tougher for me (laughs) but when you already have that connection established like yeah i'm interested in this you're interested in this that sort of icebreaker is already there
1: yeah absolutely so we're going to talk about some of our favorite episodes we're not going to get into our origin story because we had a pretty well we're going to get to our collaborations but one of our collaborations this year was with another canadian podcast and we got right into sort of the origins of old men rolling dice and uh, that episode i want to say is called east versus west or welcome to the, to great, the great white north. north
0: i think possibly
1: if you're like i want to know how jason and jeremy started this whole thing go listen to that episode but we're just going to we're going to review some of our favorite episodes from the last 50 that we've made and may i'd like to talk about a stinker uh oh like one that i'm just like Please don't listen to this one. There's always one. Maybe that will drive more people. More people will be like, "What's the one they hate?"
0: I think it's one of those things too. Like you, hindsight's twenty twenty. You always look back and go, "That was good, but it could have been better." I wish I had, you know, taken this, turned left instead of right.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and we got into podcasting. We had no background in anything like this. None so, whatsoever. So we just, ju- we sort of just went, let's do it and jumped in. And I, I like that approach actually. Tri- trial and error, learn on the fly.
0: And here we are. All of our bumps and scrapes are our own. <laughs> yeah. we, we did this damage to ourselves. We did. Yeah. But I mean, like I said, it, it toughens you up. It does. It does. So, so let's talk about, have you got a favorite or, or where are we starting let's off? Let's talk about the collaborations we did first of all. Cause I think most of those end up yeah. falling into a favorite, it, which it is interesting. Like, Working with other people who are passionate is very easy to create good content. So the first one was, was with Knights of Roleplay, out of the
1: United States,
0: uh, New Hampshire, Chris, and which we knew nothing about. We we told Chris flat out we are New Hampshire idiots. We and it was embarrassing because I, I remember we discussed that we're like we're so conscientious being Canadians that we feel Americans know nothing about Canada. When the table suddenly turned and you realize you are, you're literally pointing the finger at yourself, it is a there's a bit of a, an introspective moment. So Knights of Roleplay, if you have never listened to them, you should go and check them out. Uh, Chris DMs
1: a 5th edition game in a 2nd edition setting. Spelljammer, which I know is sort of like you love it or hate it. I, I was a Spelljammer fan, so hearing Chris ran Spelljammer, I jumped right in.
0: I didn't know anything about Spelljammer. I mean, I knew about it. I'd never played in it. And at first, I was like, I don't know why anybody would touch this. Having listened to some of Chris's stuff and then having realized the, how it opens up all of the existing worlds for you and it basically nothing's off the table is a really neat way to approach it, right? I can literally, any itch that you need to scratch, you can get to through the Spelljammer universe.
1: And I, am I wrong? I seem to recall Chris is a bit of a Star Trek fan.
0: I feel like there was definitely a Star Trek fan there.
1: And I think this is an easy way to connect worlds by traveling aboard a ship and visiting different locations. But I know Chris also recently ran a Ravenloft game. He just merged it into his Spelljammer game, which is another great... Ravenloft is very fifth edition now with the all the, all the support it's received of recent, but it originates back in 2nd edition again with Spelljammer.
0: Yeah, no, they're very talented role players, really nice content, and if you're looking for something that's got a really great old-school flavor to it, um, or something that could take a weird turn once in a while, you're going to really enjoy it. So check out Knights of Roleplay, but also, if you want to listen to that episode that we did with them, uh,
1: it, it's easy enough to find on our list, of, uh, our list of episodes, and in that episode we talk about, I think we call it old-school settings, but we really focus on those 2nd edition settings that came out. Like Spelljammer, Ravenloft. I think we touched
0: Dragonlance. Dragonlance.
2: Yep.
3: Okay, so I've been playing D and D for thirty-five years about right now. You know, I, I experienced all the everything from advanced uh, all the way through. Like I play, I played Advanced D and D and then Advanced Second Edition, and, and basically I started in Advanced, and you know, so I saw Dark Sun, Ravenloft, Spelljammer. You know. All, all the settings, um, at one time or another, and Spelljammer was something that I don't think I ever actually played. I'm trying to think. I, I don't think I ever actually played Spelljammer at any point. But I always thought it was awesome, and I think it was because, like you said, most people didn't. Most people that I knew didn't want to play it, but I did. So we just never did uh, I, as a group. I, I've been playing for all that time, mostly as a player, and then um, in 2015. I decided to run a game for my wife and some of our, some of our friends. And I was doing that with my other group where we'd been playing on Thursdays for like 12 years. And it was mostly the same group. And as my friend who had introduced D&D to me when I was a teenager. And when I started my own group, I did like two or three campaigns. One was set on Innistrad, which is the Magic the Gathering plane. And one was uh, Sword Coast. And then at one point I was getting toward the end of, I think it was the Innistrad game. And I said, so so, what do I want to play next? And I'm not sure exactly why, but I started running through my mind of all the different campaign worlds that I've been, in, and, and I thought, ooh, ooh, Spelljammer! I love sci-fi, you know, I love fantasy, I, I love the mix. I loved it back in the '80s, but I never played it, and uh, I, I just was rolling through my head thinking about different campaign settings. And that one popped up and I just got instantly excited about it. And I thought about all these different sci-fi tropes. You know, I love Next Gen and Star Wars and, you know, Star Trek, Star Wars, anything. And I just thought of all these different adventure ideas that I could write. And I said, that's it. That's what we're going to do. We're just going to do um, Spelljammer.
1: That was a good conversation with Chris.
0: Yeah, it was nice. Nice to sort of revisit some of the things that, uh, from your childhood and sort of reminisce of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, so check, check them out and check out our episode. I think you'll like that.
0: Okay. After that, we ended up hooking up with another podcast that was actually Canadian, yes. but representing what we refer to here in Ontario as the West. The West Coast. So, the well, West. I don't even
1: go through the West Coast. Uh, well, it's kind of West Coast. Uh, I know it's not BC, but it's Texas. It's Canada's Texas.
0: The Albertans. Uh, and this episode, it got a little wild. It took a long time to get to the topic at hand. We never really got to the topic at hand. The original
1: topic was that we were going to meet it with Cantrips and Coffee, and we were going to talk about why your campaign
0: ends. What are the stumbling blocks that cause a campaign to... Sputter, fail, just end tragically, or just become what, sort of forgotten. What causes the shit to hit the proverbial fans? I guess that is the best way to put it. <laughs>
1: But what we found was, we found two guys that were basically doing what we're doing.
0: They're a lot younger. I don't know if they're as handsome. They can call me on that. <laughs> but they were definitely younger. They were maybe smarter? I think that's probably a safe bet. Yeah, yeah. They're smarter. We're definitely better looking. Rune and Cade were fantastic. It's... We get so sidetracked
1: in the episode that it ends up being, it ends up being two episodes.
0: One of which is, should just be called sidetracked.
1: Yeah, where we just compare Ontario, the east coast of Can- the east side of Canada to the west side of Canada, and they also give me a very hard time on my phrasing and my choice of words, which is fair because I don't choose them well. That's why you're Jiminy Jason. The, it,
0: it was interesting to talk to somebody who's a lot younger in the scene and is maybe a little more on the forefront of being aware. <music>
4: So we crowded around in a buddy's little hunting shack on his land and cuddled around a, a campfire and we played games there for a while until we moved back out to university that's uh, also probably the most albertan thing you've said tonight oh yeah like, like, like you're in, in the, the hunting there. shack <laughs> right around the fire cracking some cold ones more than once we had to cancel a game to go back and chase cows for my buddy because his parents called and we needed a hand yes, you're gonna we play because can... you dropped a dart on your character sheet and it went up
1: a dart i think that's a canadian a term dart. Oh A dart. dart. <laughs> gotta be gotta be this is an all canadian podcast with zero beaver
0: <laughs> really eh that's you always slip something in there and, and you know what you have...
1: Oh, I never see it coming We are we are east coast to west coast. <laughs> no beaver. Maybe some moose knuckle. There we go. Okay, no boys. Beavers.
0: I'm gonna Okay, remember hey, look it look at, remember this? Jimmy Cricket? Ju- this is on your Jimmy you. Cricket. Jimmy <laughs> Cricket. Okay. You know you know I love you. You know you're, you're one of my closest friends in the world. However, look at, I see this? This is me real and yin.
2: That's what that is. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> an of Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this, is,
1: this is what I liked about what you both had to say. I think it's interesting that both of you came to the game. So the, well, I say the game, but role-playing later in life, uh, as opposed to Jason and I were like, you know, barely out of the womb. This is the other thing that interests me about your story, Ruin. I played Warhammer fantasy role-playing. I've always been D&D, high fantasy, heroics. I played that game and they made me a a rat i'm trying to hold back my f-bombs here they made me a rat catcher <laughs> <laughs> i started out warhammer fantasy role playing as a rat catcher and then warhammer fantasy role play is like this is what it's like to live in the middle ages like the first encounter i had with my rat catcher he lost a foot there's a playing there's a playing high fantasy after that there's a thing I've been like he had a poor diet, got diabetes, <laughs> nicked his foot,
4: couldn't recover. There's no doctors. What do you do? I got gay. Now it's a there. pirate RPG. You just give him a peg leg and keep going. <laughs> like you, you know, Jeremy, the the thing I that I attribute to selling it is the the GM I had at the time. They had taken that system and taken out everything that a new player should not encounter. You know, like there's just some things that it's It's gonna turn them off from a game, (laughs) like getting kangrene on your foot and dying because you're a rat catcher, probably in the sewers. And they to start out, they were like, Hey, here's your stats. Like, let's just roll them, let's get into that. And then, like, here's like five different classes you could be. Why don't you choose one of those? And so there was an automatically a choice of like being appealing, because it was like, Oh, I could be a knight. That's kind of cool. Like, that's something I'm familiar with. I think because they had narrowed down the system to a level that anybody could appreciate, it it, it automatically was like, okay, I see what works as opposed to, I see the the barriers.
0: I also like that they are not D&D centric. This is what makes their podcast really neat. Whereas Nights of Roleplay is is D&D, but some really nice older content. Cantrips of Coffee does um, little reviews And then short campaigns of different um, systems, some of them by smaller... um, I know
1: they've done Zweihander, they've done Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, they've done Monster of the Week. That's the one I was trying to think of, Monster of the Week, is their most recent one. Yeah, good stuff. And then, uh, our fundraiser, Heroes for CF. Yes! Ruin joined us on that, Mm -hmm. and kind of stole the show. Really simple adventure, go kill the dragon, get revenge for it burning down your town.
0: And he brought a lot of character to his fighter. He told me he had fun, and I hope he's being honest. everybody there's a cycle. everybody comes around again, right? Yeah. Like th- these friendships aren't just sort of a one-off. either way. If you're looking for a podcast that's gonna touch on sort of honest reviews from guys who have been gaming for a while but aren't maybe mm-hmm. hardcore long-term gamers. and then actual play where they they're not just reading through the rule book and yeah. giving you an opinion on it. Really great way to find out about maybe some smaller products that you have seen on a shelf or online and you weren't sure whether it was a good fit for you. I think you're going to get a really honest review of it from these two guys.
1: We just love them.
0: Yeah, though they were fantastic guitar. I use Love Loosely. I'm sure there's a joke there, but we're going to take the high road.
1: (laughs) It's not a penetrating (laughs) one. Oh boy. (laughs) Every time. Our last one was with Old Mage Games. And that collaboration was over a Kickstarter that they were doing called Atlas Rise or Die, which we were really disappointed that it failed. But I think it was a learning experience for them. And I wouldn't I wouldn't count them out yet. I would expect that maybe Old Mage Games comes back with a different project to Kickstarter. They had lots of things in the like when we talked to Kristoff, they had lots of things on the back burner.
0: Yeah, no, it was really cool. Um wasn't just Talking to somebody who was going through a learning experience, I think we learned quite a bit too. When you talk to somebody who's developing a game from the ground up, running a Kickstarter—I mean, those are things you you see in media, you hear about, but to talk to somebody who's actually like putting yep. in the hours and doing the grind—you like, got
1: to pull the curtain back a little bit and find out what was going into that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, and it was interesting visually. It was one of the nicest yeah. things I've seen in a long time, and it was very nostalgic for me.
1: I was. It was the most money I've ever supported on a Kickstarter and it didn't make it.
0: We were getting ready to get tattoos. <laughs> we were pretty excited about this. And I'm
1: hoping... Also, hmm. should note, it was a European company.
0: Right. The... Which was
1: really neat because... I mean, it's one thing to talk about gaming when you've grown up in North America and right. it had the same kind of influences.
0: And I think that's something that's predominantly North American, right? Is Is sort of the concept that... Your interest ended the borders.
1: And I'm going to bring this up. This could be the biggest heap of bullshit out there. Yeah. But because of our collaboration with them, I received an email on Old Man Rolling Dice that we had ranked number three for gaming podcasts in Bulgaria. If you are listening to us in Bulgaria right now, I just want to say we love you. We do love you. (laughs)
0: Um, (laughs) Whatever got us to that rank, I'm like... But it's neat to realize that the gaming, like I said, it doesn't end at the Canadian American border. No. That, I mean, the, the gaming community. England, Spain, Germany, Europe, right through into these two countries. It's amazing. I mean, these people
1: shout out to Spain as well. Apparently we ranked relative we're like in top one hundred. I there. think
0: Spain's really high for the Dungeon Call Classics and the Cthulhu. They like their games gritty in Spain, I think. You think so? I think so.
1: Uh we can't speak Spanish, so if
0: you if you have something to if you want to comment on this pop, we'll try and drop something on Instagram. Leave us a note. I would love to know because we do see a lot of um I, thi- I think, content I think
1: uh, being number three for gang podcasts in Bulgaria, we should be put up in a hotel or something.
0: Oh my gosh. I would, l- I would love to get away from my family. We've been in quarantine here or in lockdown. First of all, you and I, without family, in Bulgaria. Oh, it's a good time.
1: I don't even want to imagine the stories <sighs> that could come out of that.
0: What happens in Bulgaria? St- St- stays in Bulgaria.
1: <laughs> oh. I don't know a lot about Bulgaria, so if you're in Bulgaria and listening to this, let us know. We would love to hear from you. If you're in Europe and listening to Old Men Rolling Dice, please come to our Instagram and drop us a note. Our statistics show that we get downloaded a lot in Europe, and we just want to connect with you guys. <laughs> Can We are over here in
0: Canada calling our European allies. We And we've met a lot of people through Instagram. And once again, yeah, like it's it's so nice to talk to somebody and... I know it's not an at-the-table relationship, but it is still a relationship. Like, when oh, I see absolutely. somebody post something, and I remember his post from the previous day, you know, i love to see if somebody's on a trip. If somebody, if somebody had a game session last night, you want to ask them, like, how did it go? Painting their miniatures? Oh, miniature painters are like God's Can turn. I
1: just say there's nothing more furiating, though? If you paint a work in progress, paint the, like, post the finished model. Yeah. I always want to see the finished. I always, I'll comment, I'll go, please post again when this is finished.
0: I've had some serious uh, miniature envy. And dice oh, yes. makers? Don't even get me started about custom dice makers. We, we like our dice porn. I have too many dice. And it's not, mm-hmm. it's not like it's getting better.
1: I have a lot of dice. I don't think there's a cutoff point. I, I
0: think at this point in your life, you're, you're all in.
1: Yep. Fuck it.
0: 50 episodes. 50 Looking episodes. back on it. There were some really good ones. What would your favorite be? I don't know. You know, I'm going to go and say my favorite was the one I missed. Props and Magic yes. with DM Bill with Bill. was such a unique take and such a creative take on something that I, it put me to the point where when the opportunity arose for me to play at one of 10 different tables, I said to you specifically, I want to be at DM Bill's table.
1: So Bill is the type of person that, like, if your energy level is an 8, he's going to bring 11. He's always yeah. above you in energy. I don't know how that man approaches everything in life so positively. But,
0: yeah. he's And he does everything. Uh, we follow him on social media. Once again, Instagram. Bill is involved in so many things. Yeah. And there's no sort of... It's too, both feed in or nothing with Bill. Yeah. Bill is a bit of an amateur
1: ma- magician. magician? Yeah. I, I hope he's okay with me calling him an amateur magician. He's actually very good.
0: So he does little magic and sleight of hand tricks at his table. It, got, it was the first time in a while where I was like, damn, I want to be at that table.
5: Okay, so everybody's got a stone in their hand, and only one person has that black one. And then the effect is, and imagine the players at the table don't know that I know how to perform magic. Okay. So bit by bit, I can either tell them this is the person holding the black stone, which is totally anticlimactic. And why would I know that? And it doesn't make sense. There's no context. Or I could have each person hold their hand out on the table or maybe place it in my open hand. And with one or two of them, I might say, do you feel that? Are you, are you squeezing it harder? Or Maybe I can just feel that it's a little bit warmer here. Put your hand on the table. And we'll eliminate three or four of the people by saying, oh, I don't think I sense it as much here. And then they open up their hand to reveal a white stone. Now we have three left. And you can build and build and build. But the, I never tell them that I know how to predict the future. I never tell them I know who's holding the black stone. And then when they passed through that, that, uh, that room, for all three groups, they all had this like, delayed seven or eight minutes later and they just kind of turn and go how the fuck did he know we had the black stone in my hand (laughs) you know and there's that like sure and you just get that so how do you know
1: or you're not going to go the trick
5: uh sure so it's it's a simple slight so you're going to hold all the stones in your hand and palm the black one when you dump them all in the bag you palm that stone and it kind of um It remains in your hand. The stone is? Yep. Okay. And your hand is holding the bag. Okay. With all the stones in it. That hand has the stone in it. Pass, pass, pass. Everybody gets their stone. When it comes down to the last two, Mm. you release the black stone. So one of the last two is getting that black stone. Now I've eliminated four out of six. So all I need to do is my first prediction has to be one of those two people. And it will either be the black stone... How the fuck did he know I had the black stone? (laughs) Or it'll be the white stone. Now we can play the game of gradually releasing the information. That's
1: fantastic. Okay, so if you you read your player's handbook and your DMG, you're not prepared for DM Bill's table. My only criticism, as someone who loves his rules, Mm. is that my rules are of no use to me at DM Bill's table.
2: I think Those was, are of oh, no use to, to you here, child.
1: <laughs> but it's kind of refreshing, right? I mean, it's I, cr- it's always creative. Yeah. Um, and Bill's energy level—you can't help but be excited. No,
0: I think that's that's one of my favorite episodes, and it's my favorite because I missed it, and listening to it, I was—I instantly regretted not be making yeah. somehow my schedule work so I could be there. How about you? My favorite, my favorite is probably.
1: My favorite is probably our Satanic Panic episode.
0: That was a tough one.
1: If you want to feel a real connection to someone, there's some, there was some real emotion in that episode in that we talked about something that was near and dear to our hearts and that we love role-playing. And then we talked about a, a wall or barrier or obstacle preventing
0: us from role-playing out of general fear. Things. We were both alive and... Gaming somewhat, at least, during the Satanic Panic, and yet I I don't remember... I lived through
1: it. You lived through it. I was very fortunate that my parents (laughs) were, from my standpoint, as opposed to what they were reading in the media, they came right to the source, me, and they asked me what my games were about, and they asked me, you know, did I understand the difference between A and B being (laughs) fantasy and reality? But... Like, I don't fault the parents that didn't do that. You and I have a discussion that reoccurs a lot, and that is the way things are now versus the way things were when we were kids. And there's been a huge paradigm shift in thinking, and also the invention of this thing called the internet, which we are now streaming our voices across to you, I mean, that has opened a lot of people's eyes as well.
0: Our parents didn't have that to look at. The amount of information we have access to, and if you're willing to vet the information, the the amount of good, reliable information you have access to is beyond anything we grew up with as kids. So in this episode, we
1: interview Nathan, who comes from sort of a farmer, conservative family, very religious background. And then we have Jeff, who is really kind of new to gaming, but was kind of scared off of gaming because he was coming from a family, I, I think he said Jehovah Witness, and this sort of gaming was just not an option. Jeff's perception and sort of what he brought of really feeling like maybe there was something to all this scare, like that it was maybe legit. Yeah. Even him as a kid believing, yeah, that, that's legit. And then older, still having the curiosity about gaming and coming back to it. His story was neat. Nathan's,
0: we've actually received emails, comments. Like I said, if you want to comment, please comment. If if there's an episode that you're going to listen to and feel like you need to leave a comment, it is probably this episode.
1: Yeah, and Nate's a great guy.
0: We game with Nate on a regular basis. He was crushed.
1: Uh, I was crushed. We were all crushed by his mother's sort of knee-jerk reaction
0: to hey, her son's hobby. He, he's
1: forgiven her. Oh, yeah. He, he and we understand that it came from a place of, I want to keep my son safe. No, it,
0: it was from a place of love. There's no question that these parents did what they felt was this, the right thing to do to protect their children. Yeah. And, and nobody can ever be faulted for that.
1: No. The connection that we had with those two guys over that episode, oh. I just feel like it comes through in the episode.
0: I think so, too. That,
1: and that's why it's my favorite. We talk about games. We talk about rolling dice. A lot of that is bullshit.
0: Yeah, that's true. A lot of the topics we cover are very light topics or a very opinion topic. Yeah. This, the, yeah, you're right. This is this was the heavy one for sure. Like but, we were talking about childhoods and memories, and like yeah. it, it got rough. If you haven't listened to our Satanic Panic episode, that would be one I would throw you back to.
1: Any others that you want to talk about?
0: Judge Brian. Judge Brian. Judge Brian was. And I don't even know if I realized at the time, I, I've gamed, I've started gaming a lot more, the, his discussion about Grognards and, and Dungeon Crawl Classic, and then the subsequent live play session we did with him, which is actually available. You can down, you can download that right from our library
1: here. It's yeah. The, it's the Dungeon Crawl Classic live play.
0: Just discussing Grognards and the way sort of the older school game mechanics worked, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we don't want to get into the... The touchy social stuff but it was just sort of like that was my first
1: time ever hearing okay i played first edition i played second edition but that was my first time ever hearing about appendix n
0: and i had heard about appendix n i remembered it in the back of the dmg mm-hmm. um and i had, i've not read a ton of appendix n stuff no. I, I tend not to read as much sci-fi as fantasy and a lot of the appendix n stuff was sci-fi based <laughs>
6: Somebody had recommended DCC because it's so unpredictable and chaotic. So I looked at it and I, I investigated further. I read the rules and I'm like, this looks like the game for me. And I ran a few sessions and I think that when you read it, you think, okay, this could be fun. I see where it could be fun. But when you actually sit down and play it and you start seeing how the classes slash races interact with each other and how the game just all fits together so well, It just hits that sweet spot for me, and I really liked that it is very firmly based in the appendix N literature. So the stuff in
1: so let's let's just break there for a second appendix N because I like to think that I know my game, but I did not know about appendix N until we sat down at this table here tonight,
0: and I learned about
1: it within the last forty eight hours. So Jason, (laughs) so let's talk about just quickly what appendix N is.
6: Okay, so at the Back of the very first edition, so first edition AD&D Dungeon Master's Guide, he had appendices, and the nth appendix was further reading or inspiration. Uh, I forget what it was titled, but it was a list of the books that he had read. Gary Gygax had read that you can almost, if you read those books, you can say, oh, this came from that, this came from that. So, uh, as an example, It's kind of like grocery shopping, it was going like down the aisles and want, picking yeah, stuff off the want, aisle. I like this from this. So I I can tell you that the entire magic system used in Dungeons & Dragons up to today in 5th edition came from Jack Vance's The Dying Earth series of books where a mage would just be a regular person. They get in a battle with something and they leave the battle and they feel stronger and all of a sudden they know a spell. They didn't learn it. It just came. And when they use it, it's gone, and then they have to rest, and then they regain it. That is called the VNC and Magic System, and that came from that series of books.
0: But it, it felt like, of all the interviews or all the podcasts we've done, this one I would say it felt like I was a student in a university prof's lecture hall, and I I walked out of that having a I think, better understanding. I, I think
1: Brian is a teacher in real life. He, his job title is not teacher, but I believe he works in some sort of research yeah. uh, uh, capacity and his ability to break things down and walk you through it.
0: Really well done. Like I definitely came out really interested in the games he was talking about.
1: Having played Dungeon Crawl Classics with Brian has let me take a step back and remember how I used a game.
0: Yeah. You know, and, uh, and I'm trying, if you get a chance, definitely, if you've never played Dungeon Crawl Classics, and especially if you're not familiar with the concept of a level zero funnel, give it a listen to. It's really fun, and it's, it's not this super heavy no. mechanic game. It's a lot of, there, there tends to be a lot more banter around the table between players, because you're working on a plan that isn't between me and my character sheet, it's between me and my fellow adventurers. I really enjoyed that. Definitely listen to the episode
1: where we talked to Brian about and we I think it's called Grognards, and Brian takes us on this step and you ha- and I'm a skeptic and uh, like if you listen to the episode you might hear me coming through as a skeptic because I, I think uh, there's
0: anything wrong with questioning it the reality like, is everything's got its good and bad right yes,
1: but I was but I was in a his space the fifth edition does so much for me liberating me from rules at the table I feel that it's already a light system what is all this old school system's doing and and Brian begins me down a path After that episode, where I start to look at games very differently. I look at them mechanically, and are they actually... I start to be very critical of, is this actually simpler?
0: Yeah. No, for sure. I can see what you're saying. A lot of the stuff isn't simpler, necessarily.
1: Well, it isn't simpler in the idea... I'm not going to say that the rules are necessarily
0: simpler, but implementing the mechanic is simpler. I find that sometimes... The more rules you have as in terms of 5th edition and these massive tomes that keep coming up, it feels like you have more choice, but it's, it almost feels like less choice because I can only do what's in the books. Whereas I think in the older type of gaming, yes. you just, you just picked something you wanted to well, do. Well, you, be,
1: you, be, you <laughs> had to become creative because you only had a limited number right. of options. I,
0: and I like that. I like sort of not being confined to the parameters of my character sheet. You know, our Dungeon Crawl <laughs> classic game. Yes. There is a fight scene against a giant, invisible, mutant baby in the attic of a house. And at one point in time, where we're laying out what our options are, yeah. we have a gong farmer in our party. People aren't going to know what a gong farmer is. It, in, in Dungeon Crawl Classics, it is, we're all zero-level characters. There's like a butcher, uh, no, but a guy who what, sells. What a what gong is farmer is a guy that comes around and cleans out outhouses and latrines. One of the items We have in our possession That literally Ends up being Part of the plan Is a bag of crap We're like You know what A bag of crap Is super valuable Against an invisible opponent If you hit him with it And it's like You would never see that In a 5th edition campaign I don't think We've we've got two pitchforks A small glass lantern And a bag of crap What's the plan Like We're talking MacGyver Or the A-team Like this is getting serious Yes
1: yeah, I, I just think there's a utility that comes about in early editions because you don't have a proficiency to answer every question. Right. You don't have a proficiency list to answer every question. You don't have a spell to answer every question. Right. Whereas fifth edition players have the luxury of having these things built into the game now. And we get into all that kind of stuff with with uh, DM Brian. So go back and ch- we maybe we shouldn't call him DM
0: Brian. We should call him is, is, Judge, uh, Brian, Judge Brian. Judge, Judge Brian. Brian It's a proper is, term.
1: And check out Dungeon Girl Classics while you're at it because we had a lot of fun with
0: it. Well, that, absolutely. Goodman Games, fantastic product. And always really easy. Uh, they've worked with us in the past on some of your charity work. Yes. Yeah, they've
1: made donations for Heroes for CF.
0: And the last one that I want to bring up is our Call of Cthulhu review. And it's twofold here. One, I just think Jason and I had a lot of fun talking about Call Cthulhu. It was the last time we were sitting at this table face-to-face doing a oh, discussion over We should, over may drinks. Have, mentioned, we should may have mentioned that. That like, I think it's been that long. Jason is now vaccinated
1: twice fully mm-hmm. vaccinated i have one vaccination uh we are sitting at
0: a table in jason's house doing this interview and i think the last time we sat at a table and podcast yeah. did did an interview maybe face to face like this was was that the last time it's the last time at this table we might have done some other ones but i think either way it was it that was either way the Call of Cthulhu, we, we reviewed the starter box of Call of Cthulhu,
1: and we don't really do reviews here at Old Men Rolling Days, but Jason and I had both picked it up, and we both read it, and we both really liked it, and we were like, we should talk about this. I think so.
0: I think it was one of my favorite products I probably bought in the last year or two. It, it, it was a nice, clean product. It had everything in it Mine was a value. Yeah. The Alone Against the Flame adventure, yeah. I think, is one of the best learning tools um, for somebody who's new to role-playing that I've, uh, I've ever put my hands on. I loved it. Yeah. It was
1: good, and that led us to doing our one-shot with Ian, Don, and Andrew. Are the, are the author, Don Gates? The author, Don Gates? Yes. That, we are not making fun of Don. We actually really love Don. And uh, he is an author.
0: And he is an author, so we like to plug him. Yeah. <laughs> He's uh, one of our fellow players, and if you ever get a chance and you're looking for some great... Pulp uh, fiction? You uh, definitely check out Don Gates' books, uh, Challenger Storm. And yep. the Isle of Blood and Challenger Storm and the Curse of Poseidon. So we took this from starter box review. Yes. To podcast live Flight, Yes. To now running, you're running a Twitch stream. Yes, we're we're streaming Call of Cthulhu. We've we've kind of become Call of Cthulhu
1: fans. Yeah. So yeah. where can they find that? They can find that at uh, Twitch TV backslash dm underscore Jeremy. So. I would like... I, hopefully, everyone will go back and have a listen to some of those episodes we mentioned. And if you haven't been to our Instagram, come check us out on Instagram. If if you're downloading us somewhere, please give us a review and maybe a comment. We upload to Podbean. You can come right to Podbean, and we have a page and everything on Podbean that you can click the follow button on and leave comments.
0: We love We love hearing from you guys. If you're a small creator... And by small, I mean we're small creators. Yeah. If you're a small creator and you're like, hey, like I think what you are doing and what we are doing is very close or I see some overlap or we yeah. could probably have a great conversation. Contact us. Yeah, we out. love talking to people. We would. We did a couple of collaborations in the last 50 episodes and they're some of the most memorable experiences that we've had. Absolutely. And it doesn't make sense to not continue to pursue that. No. We would love to hear from you. So. If you're doing something awesome on Instagram, l- contact us. Let us know. We'll, we'll give you a follow. We'll give you some likes. No, I love we'll finding one, people yeah. who are doing content. We
1: are certainly not the biggest people on, on Instagram, but we have a decent sized following. Yeah. And if you're a smaller creator that wants, if we all work nudge, together, yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely, we'll nudge for you, and you can um, you can nudge us.
0: I think this is uh, this is episode fifty. Fifty. I remember when I was fifty.
1: Uh, we we didn't we we didn't schedule this, but I think this is worth saying. Did you think we'd get to fifty?
0: Yeah, yeah. Really? I yeah for sure. There was a time I maybe we were slowed down. I, I'm not gonna. This is kind of how I approach things. I don't get involved with a lot of things. And I don't get involved quickly, but if I decide yeah. I'm involved with something, yeah, I'm in for the haul. Right? Okay. I mean, I I don't I don't tend to jump on a lot of new projects very easily. But if I've just sat down and I take a lot of reflection before I commit to a project. And if I'm like, no, this is something I think works for me and I can see where it's going to go. Yeah. Then, then I'm in. Fair. Yeah.
1: I didn't think we'd get to 50. No? I didn't. No- when we started this, we did not have the know-how of how to build a podcast. Oh, no. Absolutely not. The reason that I bring this topic up is because I want to talk about our One Stinker project.
0: What was the One
1: Stinker? Princes of the Apocalypse. Was, it was our ground floor live play where we were like, let's get some friends together and
0: record a massive module. Well, why were we going to start with something just huge? It's like deciding to get to run one day. Like, hey, I'm gonna lose a couple pounds and go jog and they go. So I'm gonna start training for a marathon. Today, day one.
1: And having no idea how to edit, it took a great deal of time and energy to get Even the editing that we did get done on those and I'm going to be like that was that was a turning point for me. I think I'm sure you remember where I was like, if if editing, if this is what editing is, I don't know that I can do this. Right. And that's why I bring up. Did you think we get to 50 episodes? Because at that point I was like, if this is what podcasting is. I don't think I can do it. And then we then we changed our focus we
0: started interviewing and meeting new people. And just having casual chats about things that excites us. I still love putting out our live plays, but... I think if you're looking for live play, it's... I think I would go to the Twitch format. I mean, your Twitch channel is really good.
1: Thank you. And a lot of the
0: people you're affiliated with do some really <laughs> nice content too. We have some fun over there. Oh my god, yeah. There.
1: However, I just feel like if you're coming to Old Men Rolling for Dice for the first time, maybe don't go to our to the Apocalypse because no. it's a bit of a train wreck because we're it really is our earliest episodes where we're still learning
0: how to podcast. It's 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 sluggish in spots. And then it meanders in other spots something horrible. Yes. There's still a lot of fun had around the table. Oh, there were some good laughs some uh, days.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But that's the one project where I'm like, I, I think we fell short of our I think we went ambitious out of the gate. So if you're new to Old Ben Rolling Dice I guess my plea here is, please do
0: not go back. (laughs) No, hit one of the ones we've talked about today. Don't go back to Princess of the Apocalypse and say. No, if you're looking for some live play, for sure. I think doing the the Call of Cthulhu live play is fantastic. I think that the Dungeon Crawl Classic live play is really neat for somebody who, even like myself, I game for a long time and wasn't even really, Dungeon Crawl Classic wasn't even on my radar a whole lot.
1: Uh, A little word of warning for the Dunder Classic. It is a funnel. Each player is playing four characters, and that takes a little bit of. Wrapping
0: your head around, for sure. There's a lot of characters, but really only just a handful of players.
1: That's right. That's right. I think you, me, Ian, and Jeff? Yeah. Other Jeff. Which one is Jeff and which
0: one is Other Jeff? I don't know. We're going to have to make that decision at some point in time. We could convince one of them to change their names.
1: Well, I think we're at the end of our railroad
0: here. That went really well.
2: 50.
1: 50. So things got really quiet all of a sudden.
0: <laughs> 50's not bad. 50's easy. We
1: end every episode this way. It's been this a long time since we've done this face-to-face. This is kind of sweet, though, because it's 50. It's like, it's like an old dick.
2: <laughs> oh, Wow. <laughs>
1: Oh, God. Uh, Just (laughs) saying old Dick has conjured so many (laughs) mental images in my
0: mind. Uh, Richard. Good night, Dick. Good night, Dick.